0: Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors Locked On Nationals Podcast. On today's show, I talk with Ryan Clary. He will be the new host of a Locked On Nationals podcast. Great conversation with Ryan. One disclaimer: we discussed Cade Cavalli and why he has not been brought up yet. Well, an hour after we recorded, we got the news that Cade Cavalli will be making his major league major league debut on Friday. So there is some conversation, actually, it's still pretty relevant conversation about how they've, you know, been really careful with Cade, but we did that conversation, um, you know, not knowing that he'd be making his big league debut at the end of the week. So hope you guys enjoy. Ryan is awesome. The podcast will be in great hands. Just wanted to give you guys a taste of who the new host is going to be here in about a week and a half or so. So hope you guys enjoy today's conversation. A very special edition of the Locked On Nationals podcast today. I am Josh Neighbors, your current host. Joining us today, it is the future host of the Locked On Nationals podcast, Ryan Clary. We're going to get to know Ryan, but first, this.
1: You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining us today is Ryan Cleary, currently of 106.7 The Fan, soon to be of Locked On Nationals and 106.7 The Fan. Ryan, it's very nice to talk to you. It's very nice that we have a new host. So welcome to the first of what hopefully is many locked on Nationals podcast for you. This one's a little different though cuz you're kind of on the other end of it, right? You're you're on the uh you're almost the interviewee here. You'll be the interviewer moving forward.
1: Yeah, man, I'm really excited about this and and I know I've been watching your content for a while so you've been killing it and uh, I know you have a bunch of other stuff that you're going to be doing and will continue to do after this. So, it'll be fun to follow that. I'm sure the people who the audience that you've attracted over here to the locked on nationals podcast will follow you, man. So you've done a really, really good job.
0: I, so. I appreciate that. Um, I think what's going to be interesting about this. It, look, I think people would who listen to this podcast would tell you, um, that I'm not, I don't necessarily not pull for the nationals. I mean, it's good for business when the nationals are good, right? It's, it's yeah. better when the, when the team is good. It's better, you know, everybody involved and you're covering the team. Uh, But I am not a Washington Nationals fan. (laughs) You are. So tell us about your relationship with the Nationals, how long you've been a fan, all that kind of stuff, so the folks can get to know your relationship with the team.
1: Well, so I'm 22 years old. So uh, I kind of, you know, there's a lot of older fans in this area that grew up with the Orioles and had to make Mm -hmm. that transition to be a Nationals fan once D.C. finally got their team. But for me, I grew up with it. For as long as I can remember, I was – Five, six years old at the time when the nationals came here i remember that day i was there for opening day at rfk stadium with president bush throwing out the first pitch it's something that i remember very well you still had the burgundy and gold seats up in mm-hmm.
0: RFK yes.
1: from from the 1991 season with the then redskins so that's always been kind of funny to me the burgundy and gold mm-hmm. and a red white and blue team <laughs> playing in the on the field so right. It's just something that was born. It was in my genes to be a DC fan, and and once mm-hmm. we got that team, it was a no-brainer for my family and I to make that, or for me to just hop on the bandwagon for the Nationals. So my dad you know, had to make the switch from the Orioles to the Nats. Though.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I guess for me it was the thing like So I'm 25, so I was a little bit a little bit older than yeah, you. Yeah. So I kind of made the choice already, right? You know, we had a uh, grown-up Richmond. We had the Richmond Braves. And so, you know, Virginia was a lot of Braves and a lot of Orioles fans, like you mentioned. That was kind yeah. of the, the predominant teams that you got. But once the Nationals, you know, got there, I mean, D.C. is such a great sports city, as you know, yeah. uh, working in it. And the Nationals, um, you know, they had to, they had to earn that earn that respect. But but you, you watched it all happen, right? You watched them go from the other team that had – uh, young guy and Ryan Zerman. And then he you know, became the team leader. And then the young guy and Steven Strasburg and they kept building and building. And I feel like Jason Worth was kind of a big moment, right? A signing like that meant the nationals were here to try yeah. and win and not just win divisions, but win championships. And obviously Bryce Harper then comes next. And then we get the next iteration making moves for guys, you know, like one, so- uh, well signing one. So the international, but then making moves for guys like Max Scherzer, obviously Patrick Corbin's, you know, not great now, but yeah. you kind of saw the entire evolution I and mean, go from a uh, pop-up team, you know, uh, expansion team, well, yeah. not the expansion, but team that moved to, you know, world champion. I mean, make that entire yeah. journey with the team.
1: It's nuts, man. You know, like it's kind of crazy to think that they've already been around for, for what, 17 years now mm-hmm. at this point. And so I think about it and I still remember that first day when Charlie slows the nationals play-by-play guy was Baseball is back in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. And, like, everyone was going nuts at the podium there at RFK Stadium. I mean, it, it's this is a baseball town, in my opinion. I, I think we're a strong baseball town that's molded with the Nats. And, and something, credit to the organization, they've done a great job in connecting everyone. They have a beautiful stadium inside D.C. that, I mean, it, it's primo location. Down mm, yeah. the capital, you're right near – a metro stop there's plenty of other different options there's bars around the area there's office buildings there's everything that you could have wanted and so it, it's it's just been crazy to see how it's developed and the whole fandom and the fan base is still here to this day you're still getting twenty thousand people at a game every now and then with nothing to look forward to so it, it's it's just cool man i'm really excited about this
0: uh you know, thinking about, I guess the the big thing that that I've had, I've been talking with so many people about is is the Juan Soto trade. We're still obviously yeah. feeling its effects. You know, it's going to be felt for for a long time. And uh, you know, did you think it was a deal? Because you're, I think a lot of fans have felt like they should not have got, they should not have made that deal. I was of the mind that they should probably have waited until there was a new ownership, just so it's you know, you kind of let them make the decision yeah. on an asset like that. I actually think in the end, I kind of agreed with what they did. I just thought, look, one player was not going to help this team. I mean, they're so bad. Sure. One guy was not going to help this team at all. Yeah. Uh, and and they needed to, I mean, they really did help out every single area of this team, whether it's getting a guy who's a veteran like uh, you know Luke Voigt, is still under team control to getting prospects that you know get left handed pitching, they got right handed pitching, they yeah. got a bunch of uh, you know, center, you know, a guy in the outfield, a couple outfielders, you know, get a guy to play shortstop as well. I mean, they really got a little bit of everything, and so you say, All right, this does make sense, but it's tough to let a guy who's looks like he's on on path to be a first ballot hall of famer let that guy go.
1: Yeah, you know, it's always tough. And everyone's like, you can't trade Ted Williams. You can't. And it's like, yeah, I get that argument. And it makes sense. But at first, I thought the same way with you. It's like, why would this ownership want to make this decision when you're about to be selling the team? And so I thought that at first. And then as more people were kind of talking about it and being like, well, the new owners don't want to have this problem in their hands. Because this is a decision that they're day one. And that's, that's on the top of the chalkboard is what are you going to do with Juan Soto? And some they just don't want to make that decision because they know it, they're going to be talking to the learners and Rizzo and they're going to be like, they have this guy, Scott Boris, who's not going to take an extension. He's not going to get one. Right. He's just he going yeah, to blow it out of the water. So, I mean, it was just something that they didn't want on their table, I don't think. And so the learners had to do something. And in my opinion, I think they made the right decision doing that. You know, I mean, look at the Los Angeles Angels right now. They have Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon. They're terrible, and they've yeah. been terrible for a while. They don't win. So you don't want to fall into the Angels category to where they have no one coming up. or I mean, they have a few prospects here and there. but Right, but their farm system, generally speaking, is not good. It's not that good. Yeah. It's not going to be getting any better. So right. it, it was something that you needed to hit the reset button, and they did the right decision, in my opinion. It's, it's – now this rebuild is going to take a few years shorter than it once would. Oh, yeah. have been with Soto, so I like it. I like the decision. Well,
0: it, it sounds like that you know the, the advisement group that they had on kind of the sale of the team said, look, make, you know, make the decision that you would make if you were still keeping the team, and I think that was smart. Although on the other hand, you had one Soto talking about like, hey, I'm interested to see who the new ownership group is, yeah. but I think it doesn't really matter. Wherever he goes, he's going to he's going to free agency. Yeah, like Scott Boris is taking into free agency, and it really doesn't. I mean, I, I think the one the one thing that kind of made me realize this was over was when we heard about the Max Scherzer deal being brought up in negotiations between Scott Boris and Mike Rizzo. I mean, that deal is sorry, nobody's getting forty three million dollars for fifteen for fifteen years. Like, you know, nobody's exactly. getting that money. They're not going to. Why would you pay one baseball player six hundred million dollars? You know, it's just you're just not going to do it. It makes no yeah. sense. And I I think ultimately it's the right call. Now it's my opinion that there are definitely some gripes with how we got to this point. Right. I mean, it is fair to say, look, you were a world champion two years ago and and now, you know, uh, less than, less than two years away from a world series, you know, now the third season after it, Mm -hmm. you're, you know, you're in this spot. That's fair. Although I do think like, the Nationals won a title in the in the really the end of their championship window, right? I think people forget about all the winning they did early in the early in the aughts. I mean, they won a lot of you know, won a lot of divisions, but couldn't get over the hump. They eventually do get over the hump, but you saw a lot of those guys, you know, started to fall off or retire or got hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they, they could. It was really difficult for them to sustain winning. So I don't think it's all on Mike Rizzo, but I do think this team was not handled 110% correctly coming out of their world championship. win.
1: Yeah. And, and you're right on that. And you know, something, I don't really blame them for not re-signing their players. Like, you know, it, it's easy to sit here and say, well, why right. don't you spend for Bryce Harper? Why don't you spend for Anthony Rendon? Uh, uh, why'd you trade Trey Turner? Why didn't you give him anything he wanted? He wasn't a Boris client. No. So it, it, it like with that being said, like that's a tough situation to be in. But one thing that I will fault Rizzo for in the organization is that they haven't been able to develop any stars in this farm system since Juan Soto. And so this is a big deal to where you see the Braves right now. They have talent coming out every week from their farm system. The Dodgers, the Dodgers have been great as long as we have and obviously still are. And it's Mm. because of their farm system. And of course they spend the money, but they have guys to fill those holes when, when, Whoever walks, it's it's just a big deal to be able to develop your own guys, get in there, and, and create your own luck with it, you know? Like, yeah. I'm with the Braves right now, 10th round pick, I believe, or 11th round pick out of high school. He's 21 years old, he's in the majors, and he's dominating. Yeah. yeah something that they do, they wake up every day and they're like, oh, we're going to develop this guy and he's going to be a stud. That's something Mike Rizzo in the baseball operations and, and minor league system haven't been able to do here in Washington.
0: Yeah, it's important to know too. Like, think about how much pressure is on a guy like Cade Cavalli. I mean, yeah. it, it's it, when you have so few guys coming down the line, think about how important of a player he is. Oh. If he's not good, if he's not like what they thought he's going to be. I mean th- that's a huge problem because this rotation in the future, what do they have? You, you cannot. I mean, look. As far as I'm concerned, Steven Strasberg's not going to pitch again until he shows yeah. me he does can, can pitch again. I don't even think about him as part of this team. Patrick know. Corbin's become the worst starting pitcher in all of baseball in a, in a matter of just two you know two yeah. and a half seasons.
1: Could be and,
0: in history. <laughs> and yeah, yeah and, and you know Joe Ross is injured. Well, not sure about his future. Eric Fetty, not sure about his future. I mean, Josiah Gray is the only guy right now that you really think is okay. This guy's going to be here for a while, and then Mm -hmm. the pressure starts falling on the Cade Cavallis of the world. You know what I mean? Think about before that Mackenzie Gore, uh, you know, comes along. Like think about that. Like he's the only guy that's really apparent that's about to make the move from one way up. Rutledge's the next guy down the line, but there's so much pressure there. Now you've got some options. Now you've got some players. Now you can little little bit restock, but they've done a bad job managing the farm system. Also too, it sounds like the analytics department's not very good. Obviously Austin Voth. I mean, you see him go to Baltimore and the way he's pitching right now and he's talked pretty openly about, Hey, uh, you know, I'm just seeing things in a different way. Now, once again, could be change of scenery, but also (laughs) got to think about, got to think about, you know, he's mentioned the analytics department. So it seems like the nationals are very behind in player development. And in terms of analytics, can they, can they catch up now? And also this kind of gets to the next thing like ownership change would ownership change facilitate a forward movement. Cause I think that's probably the next thing that's going to happen.
1: Yeah. So to start off the analytics one, I think the nationals are definitely way behind in the analytics department. This is something that's not a secret nationals no. fans and nationals marks know that, that, you know, it's just, it hasn't been their thing. They They aren't the Dodgers. <laughs> they aren't going to use all the numbers they can in the role, but, Right now, they're kind of playing catch-up with that, and they're getting better at it. I, I've heard a lot. I, I've been able to go down to Fredericksburg to see what they use, and it's going to be something that I think you'll start to really start to see ramp up, especially if we see Rizzo continued in the, in the next year. But like you said, with new ownership coming in most likely, which is like a 99% chance of happening, it, it this could gut the organization completely, which is a, could be a good thing, but it also could be a bad thing. You don't really know the double on knocked on the other side of the door, you know. Right. It could be another Dan Snyder. DC fans know all about that.
0: Well, it sounds like it could be Ted Leonsis, right? I mean, it sounds like Leonsis can at least get the the bid. So he's buying the wrong DC team, I think, in the minds of DC sports fans. Hey, oh. no, can you please buy, uh, please buy the Commanders instead? I mean, we <laughs> one. I think that's the that's the direction
1: they would go. I know, and that's another topic. Yeah. but uh, for you know, I, I just think with new ownership looming right now. Who knows what they're going to do with Mike Rizzo? He's obviously – he's been a successful GM and president in baseball. He's one of the more respected guys in baseball right now. And so we'll see what they can do. But Rizzo is playing catch-up on analytics. So hopefully they can improve. Uh, if new ownership comes in and we appoint someone who's all in on analytics, that's a must for me. I, I, need, I need someone to be thinking likewise and into what all the other guys are doing now. So. Hey everybody,
0: quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you all by the NHTSA. They remind you all, drive sober or get pulled over. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few become a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby, you can make home. It's okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? Even so, What's the worst that could happen? Do not think like this. This is wrong. Your insurance could go up. You lose your license. You could lose your job. You could total your car. You could get in a deadly car accident. Do not drive impaired. Everybody knows about the risks of drunk driving. Still, some people choose to get behind the wheel. Do not be that kind of person. You all know the rules. There are cops out there right now looking for impaired drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over.
1: They can even be on the front page. If if you
0: were to – I'll ask you a fan question now. If you were to buy a Nationals jersey, whose jersey are you buying right now? Wow. I mean, right? I mean, wow. I, this is this is one of the big questions. It's like, you know, you're not going to buy a Nelson
1: Cruz jersey. No, I'm not. I, it I love Cruz, he's old. Yeah,
0: but. he's old. He's, just, he's probably not going to be around much longer. Exactly. Uh, you're not buying a Victor Robles jersey. Oh no, no, no. You're not much. gonna. I'm. You know, and that's like the other guy who's been a long. I mean, he's the, he's the only position player who's like long tenured, right? I mean, It's the only yeah. guy out there who's been. Uh, yeah. it, you know, you're not going to buy a. uh You know, I'm just trying to think of it. I mean, K Bear, so K Bear Ruiz and and Josiah Gray are like
1: the two. Yes, and Right? The, I would, I honestly, right now, I would do Key Bear Ruiz. Yeah, and I see. I see a star in him. Yeah, It's like as a defender, he's a plus defender. He's got a great arm. He's got a great hit tool. And I think the power is going to really develop as he ages too. And he's a young guy. He's still getting in the reps. But you ask the pitchers, you see them talk about him and the way he calls games and the way he has command behind the dish. It's something special with him. So I think he's going to be hopefully the longest tenure net, 10 years down the road. Hopefully we don't lose him as well. But right. he's someone that I see that he's got to be the glue to this team. I, I think he's got to be a keeper. It's really important to have a catcher back there, working with the staff, getting those reps in. Like you see with Yadier Molina and, and St. Louis, it's, that's why they've been able to figure out pitching forever. It's because they have a yeah. behind the dish, and that's a big deal with it.
0: Well, we're starting to see the important, I mean, catchers are, are getting, you know, Adley Rushman, obviously, you know, his ascension is, is showing you how uh, I think there is a big gap right now, a big hole at the catcher position. And that's why you're seeing guys get a lot of money. It's why you saw James McCann get paid a lot. It's why you saw JT RealMU get paid a lot. It's why you saw a guy like Henry Davis from Louisville get drafted first overall last year, a couple of years ago for what year it was. Mm-hmm. But like, it's, it is such a premium position. I, I mean, I, I think about this all the time. Like, okay, you have to, you have to, Call game for a bunch of different guys. Yeah. So, not only that, you're, you have to worry about yourself. You have to worry about the hitter. You have to worry yeah. about the guy who's in the mound. You have to flip guys who are on the mound. You yeah. got to make sure the defense is lined up in certain situations. And then you got to take care of your business at the plate after that.
1: Yeah. That's what makes
0: guys like Buster Posey such marvels the fact they're able to yeah. be so good for so long. That's why these guys are so, you know, that's such a premium position. Now, I think the Nationals could have gotten more. I mean, we saw that they cut Donovan Casey the other day. Yeah. Uh, the N- I thought the Nats could have gotten more out of that trade Turner Max Scherzer trade, but I, I do think K Bear Ruiz has a chance to be a really, really strong player at a position that, uh, let's be honest, it's a pretty downtime across the league right now. I think yeah. in the catcher's spot, I don't think there's a lot of great catchers in this league right now, and so yeah, I, I think that um, I think he's a really exciting player. I mean. Would you get a CJ Abrams jersey? Would you get a jersey of a guy who has not even played a game yet? You know, would you get a, a James Wood Nats jersey? You know, a Robert so, Hassel third jersey?
1: Honestly, so it's funny you bring this up. I've actually kind of made a commitment myself within the last month to where I won't be buying any, any named jerseys. And it's Ooh, not oh, like yeah. something where I'm like, oh, I cover the team. I don't either. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't I'm not like yeah. that. It's just, it's kind of like my own. Me waving the white flag on the learners, just being like, I need to see something. I need to see something. I'll just buy a, a nameless jersey. I have a great, I have the City Connect jersey. It's sitting at, at home right now. But
0: beautiful jersey, by the way. It looks great.
1: Beautiful yeah. Jersey. I yeah. love it. I love that jersey. And, and, and you know, what I say is, I root for the team. I don't root for a player. I'm like, I'm all right. in on the Nats. It's kind of my bit. Right. So, if we're going to play this game, it would definitely be a key Barrow East jersey right now. So,
0: Because, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, when I thought about when I was thinking about Juan Soto, you think about like Bryce Harper, like part of the value in signing of those guys is not just their play on the field, right? Yeah. I mean, you go around in that game, you still see a lot of 34 jerseys, right? There's still yeah. a whole lot of yeah. Bryce Harpers. You do. So you're still going to see a lot of Soto's. And so that that's um, the thing Trey is. Turner. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that so that is, that's what you see um uh, when you go around. But, yeah, I mean the future for them. You hope it is bright. I just don't know how. I think with a, with an ownership change, um, whenever that happens, I think you're going to see Martinez and Rizzo probably. Yeah, you know it's probably going to end. And, and look, like I think there's there's a lot of strong arguments for why this this partnership should come to an end. Right? I think yeah. I think it's pretty clear at this point. And it's it's not it's not like I think those guys are bad at their jobs necessarily, but they've maximized it and they're nowhere near getting it back where it needs to be. And so maybe it is, maybe it's time to, to make that flip, make that change as soon as new ownership's in.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know, and we, we talked about it with Rizzo. We, we laid it all down for them. And so Rizzo's been awesome here. He's still a good GM. He's, he's still someone who's going to be beloved throughout the area. You know, he, he's, he's the one that really put this team together. And no one can tell me otherwise. He's right. he's the clue for the organization that's really helped us through the bad times to get us to the amazing times in 2019. And now we're back into the bad times. So it, it, it's – and then looking at Davey, really, I think he's got some issues developing guys in the majors. It's kind of something that's been popping up to where you see guys like Luis Garcia. He hasn't really been developing as you'd like to see I mean, he's been hitting well at the plate, but he's not taking walks. He's striking out. Yeah,
0: he's the same player. He's the same player that he's been since actually came into the league in 2020.
1: Yeah, and he's just been punting the ball when he's getting reps at shortstop. So maybe moving him to second base will take a little pressure off him. But then again, it's someone's going to have to take the blame for it, and I think that's going to fall on Davey.
0: One more word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by the folks at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Go to BetOnline today to find the best odds for baseball, for football season, both college and pro are approaching week zero is this week, for MMA, for boxing, for F1, for NASCAR. You can bet on all of those things at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Go there today, check it out, it's free to sign up. got a good new interface that you all will enjoy very much, Betonline is where the game starts you even see decisions you know the other day like the mason thompson move was head-scratching i mean yeah for jake mcgee why why what is jake mcgee is in his late 30s what's he going to contribute to this team anytime soon mason thompson's got a a potential future he he was a guy you 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 know he's a pitching prospect you traded for uh you trade daniel hudson for and he got some runs he's been pretty good Yeah, what are you doing, sending him down for a guy like a Jake McGee? There's no point. There's absolutely no no,
1: point to that, man. I've been asking the same question, and then when I see tonight, like Annabelle Sanchez going out there off the mound,
0: what a joke!
1: (laughs) He's 38 years old. I love Annabelle. 2019 legend. Yeah, put his jersey in the Raptors for all I care. But we're in a rebuild,
0: and you brought him back and he couldn't pitch to start off with. I mean, I he, could, know. he was out. It's like what you expect. He's 38. He's I 38. Know. He couldn't, yeah. I mean, he's, like, well, he's, he's made for, seven stars. He's a
1: guy and, and for a terrible team, but I mean, he, it's just, he's chucking it off the mound. He's yeah. throwing his butterfly changeup. It, it's just, it's disastrous to watch right. him out there when you have Cade Cavalli sitting there just twiddling his thumbs in rochester right now right and, I hate
0: that. and maybe they would have had, ended up getting guys like that anyway because you know i mean they've had so many injuries i mean the yeah. the amount of pitching about even joe ross steven strasberg eric fetty was out for an amount of time yep. uh and then you go you know then you go down the list with guys they brought up jackson tetrio ends up getting hurt they end up having evan lee who gets hurt i mean they you know eventually it might have come to a point like this but they didn't have to start off with Anibal Sanchez. Like, no. they didn't have to do that. They got, you know, we got guys. Um, you know, Corey Abbott is up there pitching, and, and I don't want to, you know, totally disrespect Corey Abbott, but like the guy had a five ERA in AAA, right? <laughs> I mean, the guy had a five ERA with the Cubs, with Iowa Cubs, and then uh, and uh, with with the Nash AAA team, uh, you know, in Rochester. I mean, like th- this is the problem: is this was not planned well, right? No. If you were so concerned. With Cade Cavalli and really just wanted to protect him, you should have gotten more arms ready to go for you and you know yeah. and ready to pitch for you and be starters. It, I mean, because they're just yanking, they're yanking dudes who are behind the line and putting I, up there because they're so afraid of messing with Cade Cavalli's development, and I, I think that's a bad
1: move. I think it is too. You know, the guy's ready. He, he was our first round pick in twenty. 20- I mean-
0: there's no more low-pressure low, low, low pressure reps than right now, Ryan. There's I, nothing to play for. This is the easiest major league reps you can get.
1: And you have the Reds coming up. You have the A's coming up for a home, both home series. Both home and series yeah. If I don't see him in one of those games, I'm going to be pretty upset because right. what better time than nothing going on in August before football season to have one of your prize prospects come up and make his debut at home against a not so good team with the reds and the a's what's better than that right there's nothing to do around here give the
0: fans something give them something
1: something fill the crowd yeah we haven't been able to do that since Juan Soto and Josh Bell got traded right give us something yeah that's frustrating for me like Mm -hmm. I Josh I ran about that all the time with my friends and just around the office here at 106.7 it's something that just grinds our gears.
0: Yeah. It, it's just, I get it. I get you want to protect the guy, right? That's it, really what you're going for here. Yeah. But at some point there is no lower leverage. And, and here's the thing. If you stash them to the end of the year, then you're going to have them in the rotation to start off a season. And that's higher yeah. pressure than the end of the year where, you know, where nothing's going well. Look, I know there are some concerns about cake I know they're not hundred percent ready, but like, look, man, you know, I've, I've been told this about a lot of jobs. Uh, you know, sometimes you just grow into it. And I know it's harder to say it at the at the major league level growing into <laughs> yeah. it, but like this is where you grow into it because there's nothing to play for. I like, know this is where you know you grow by having low leverage. Okay, now opening, you know, uh, he's a number two guy. To, you know, for for next year, number three, or number yeah. four guy in a rotation. Okay, there's there's some growth. Now we're now we're getting you know we're getting somewhere. They're just not giving themselves a chance to grow. Same thing applies to Mason Thompson as well, right? It, yeah. It, where is where's his chance to grow? You punted him down to AAA, and he's potentially a really solid pitcher.
1: I know, and especially, you know, with Mason Thompson, he's such like a modern-day reliever to where he's right. thrown in the high 90s. He's hit 100 before, and he's got a nasty breaking ball. Yeah, two pitchers, got, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The two-pitcher wow. thing is an issue, and so he's going to have to develop a third pitch. But as but still- a reliever, like – You can get away with two pitches. You can get away with this, especially at the major league level. And then I see guys like Carl Edwards Jr. And like you said, Corey Abbott last night, taking his first appearance out of the pen. So I I just, I need to see some of these young guys getting their reps and putting it, put them in tough situations. Kind of like what we saw with Josiah Gray last week when he started in the sixth inning, Davey came out and he's like, listen, I'm not going to pull you. I don't know what he said after that, but then Josiah Gray went on to strike out and end the inning. He went Nate crazy and everyone was talking about how. And, and we're watching him learn.
0: That's the thing is we're watching him learn on the job. Like that. that's exactly. why, and that's why I've said this all year about Josiah. Like do not pay attention to the end of the year numbers. Yep. He's going to have some games that look really ugly because he's 23, 24 years old and yep. it's his first full season as a big league pitcher. It's yeah. okay. And the guy's got a lot of talent and look, I, you know, I think the thing is through watching him pitch, what we learned is this is a guy who could be a number, I think number two starter down the line. He's got that in him, but we've seen also the mistakes. He's seen the mistakes and, and he's learning how to fix them. This, Mm -hmm. this is what it is right here. It's all in front of him. Like this is a great example of a guy where, okay, the team knows what he's got. He knows what he's got. We know it looks really good. And it looks really bad. He's got the opportunity. Now it's on them and him. To develop him why can't we look at other guys this way And i will say this why the hell did they trade carl I, I don't know why i didn't trade carl edwards and kyle finnegan
1: looking but, i mean at that, yeah that mean, what the hell are we doing i don't know and, and especially you have matt Cronin down in, in uh double a right now and he's been killing it all year he he's he's major league ready i don't right. no one knows why he's still in double a or i mean he's been up and down to all sorts of levels at this point but he's ready to go he's been dominating he's getting strikeouts there's other guys that can come up to fill these vo- voids that you would have trading Kyle Finnegan, trading Carl Edwards Jr. and maybe Victor Arana. Who knows? Who knows right. what chipped off? By. Yeah, I just I
0: thought they should have traded at least two or three of C Shack uh Finnegan C-Shack, and Edwards. Yeah. And look, ed- Edwards, this is a guy they found, you know, he was on he was on, off the off, you know, off the street, but like off the street, man. Like he, he was not playing. Nats gave him a chance, and he has been fantastic for them. Yeah, and he's been pitching in pretty, you know, like in terms of game leverage situations. He's pitching in the higher leverage situations yeah, of games. He's Done really well. I mean, if he also he Danny has this tendency where he uses pitchers like. He uses them all, I think, sometimes oh, yeah. too often. I mean, he yeah. – you know, guys like, – I felt like Wander Suero pitched, like, every game a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. I like, felt like it was like, okay, in any situation, any time, Wander Suero. That's yep. how I feel about Victor Arana, uh, Arana this year. <laughs> but, like, I thought it's like, look, these guys are pitching well. I understand they can keep them. But, I mean, those guys That's aren't going to help you point. win baseball, like, win meaningful baseball games. They could help somebody else win meaningful baseball games, and you could get some depth in return that you know uh i just thought it was i thought it was interesting so that's kind of gets back to a point of like i think you're gonna be along for a lot of change uh i think that's the big thing here we're kind of get we're making sure you're there before all all the you know what hits the fan because we're gonna have an ownership change i think we might have some some management changes i think we're gonna have some coaching changes we're definitely gonna have some roster changes
1: Uh, so ryan
0: you're gonna get to be around for all of it
1: I know, man. I'm really excited about it all. And, and you know, I'm lucky going into this offseason. just like you were saying, there's going to be a lot of changes, mm-hmm. a lot of things happening. And usually when there's new ownership, they like to make a little new pieces here and there. They they could make a splash sign. Who mm-hmm. knows? Who right. knows? But it's something to look forward to this offseason, and, and that's something that I'll certainly be talking about. Every- uh, our,
0: I'm sorry, Ryan. Good.
1: Nope. Oh, I'll, that was it.
0: <laughs> uh, so where can people find you and all of your work uh, outside currently of, of, what, of what you'll be doing with us here at Lockdown Nationals?
1: Uh, so you can follow me at Twitter on uh, Ryan Clary 11 at Ryan Clary 11 more so. And then that's really the only social media that I use. I'm on there heavy. And then uh, I work at 106.7 The Fan. I produce the Grant and Danny show. So that's from 2 p.m. to 6.30. You can hear me every now and then on that show. Uh, I'm kind of the chief meteorologist for the show, you so give a, give a weather breakdown before every game. So that's kind of my gig.
0: <laughs> there you go. weatherman, And then soon to be a podcast. Host. All right, Ryan, we appreciate your time, man. Uh, we're you. so glad that you're going to be taking over the On nationals podcast. As you all can tell the fans out there, we're going to be in good hands. So Ryan, appreciate your time. Thank uh, you. And folks look forward to it. Ryan will be taking over starting not the next week, but the following week. So, I think September 2nd is when I'm, or excuse me, September 2nd, I think is your tentative date. I'm I'm done after this week. Ryan, when are you going to be getting, uh, picking up the torch, if you will? For- so
1: I, I should be picking up the torch September 4th. So that's the September Sunday. I, you unfortunately, go. you know, this all happened so quickly. Right. I had a vacation booked, paid for, and I am I I can't waste thousands of dollars.
0: Right. Oh, no. <laughs> Nobody's expecting you to too, just for our, our small operation. Don't worry about that. Enjoy yourself. And then they'll be on on the clock.
1: Thank you, man. I really appreciate it, and it'll you're, it'll be in good hands. So fans will listen awesome. to this.
0: All right, Ryan Clary, the future host of the Locked On Nationals podcast.